This is a podcast from the Queen City Podcast Network. How many times have you thought to yourself, I wish I could know more about, well, you fill in the blank. You've come to the right place. I am Chuck Jones, Executive Director of Commonwealth Charlotte and the host of the No More podcast. Each week, we'll help you know more about some of the challenges faced by low-income wage earners in Charlotte and nationwide, seen through the lens of organizations whose mission it is to address those challenges. So thank you for coming, and here we go. I have to say, we're recording this podcast on an absolutely beautiful day here in Charlotte. It is sunny and warm, just the kind of early autumn day that has made this one of the fastest growing cities in the country. So uh, I hope everyone has had a chance to enjoy it, depending upon when you're listening to this. Uh, We are lucky indeed today. This is Chuck, back with you uh, with another episode. Uh, Whether you're a regular listener or this is your first time, I'm glad you're here. Today, I'm really excited to welcome a friend of mine who leads one of the most important organizations in our community serving economically vulnerable populations. Charlotte Community Health Clinic has as its mission to work towards a healthy community where all individuals, regardless of the ability to pay, have access to comprehensive health care. Started in 2000 by a group of committed volunteers, Charlotte Community Health Clinic offers high-quality medical, dental, and behavioral health services for children and adults. And CCHC is led by Carolyn Allison. Carolyn joined Charlotte Community Health Clinic in 2016, bringing more than 30 years of healthcare administrative experience, including 18 plus years managing community health centers. She earned her master's in public health with a concentration in healthcare administration from the University of Illinois. She also founded Creative Healthcare Consultants, which provides consulting services to community health centers across the country. Carolyn is the proud recipient of the Network Journal Business Magazine Top 25 Influential Black Women Award and is active in local, state, and federal healthcare coalitions and associations. I am honored that you would carve out some time out of your schedule to talk with me. So, Carolyn, welcome to the No More podcast. Thank you. Well, you and I first met uh, because we lead two organizations uh, who are in partnership with Goodwill Industries at the campus on Wilkinson Boulevard. And I have to say, I walk by the CCHC office on that campus several times a day, and you certainly serve a lot of people just at that one location. We sure do. I'm excited about us being there um, and also being able to collaborate with your organization, Goodwill, and many others. Um, We have nurse practitioners there, physicians there, and also we have a dental practice there, too. You do. I want to talk about all that. Tell me just a little bit of history of CCHC. Sure, sure. Um, Dr. Ophelia Gorman-Brown, she was a force in this community, a physician who worked for Novant Health, and she had a passion about providing medical services to the underserved, and it was primarily in East Charlotte. She started the practice in East Charlotte in 2000, 2001, and um, also Nancy Hudson was the original CEO who partnered with her. They did a fantastic job providing services, starting off with seniors 
providers and then eventually providing it for all individuals because of the need. And it was a free clinic. Um, and then in 2015, the board decided to apply for a federal grant to become a community health center or what's also known as a federally qualified health center. And our requirements, as you earlier stated, is to provide primary care, behavioral health, and also dental services. So yeah, it's that's a our trajectory. It is. It is such a great organization. Thank and I you. think that uh, uh, many times people don't, uh, they don't really understand that uh, health care is a very huge challenge for people who are economically vulnerable. We call, we call it economically vulnerable because people are working and they're making a living and they're That's getting right. by, but they're vulnerable because some small thing can, can upset the apple cart. So uh, let's That's talk right. about that a little bit, if you don't mind. What, how does health care factor into uh, the, the, the struggles that economically vulnerable people have? Uh, well, one example is myself, <laughs> you know, and um, years ago I worked for Kaiser Permanente and I was running their clinics here in Charlotte. Mm -hmm. And as you know, Kaiser decided to close down offices um, in certain markets of the country. And Charlotte was one of those markets. If it wasn't for my husband, who was still employed at the time, having insurance, I would have been without insurance and with, without resources. So I was very very fortunate. Um, and I always keep that in mind. Um, it's important because many people are in between jobs or else they've fallen on hard times, be it, you know, um, a health care issue that they have or anything else. So we serve individuals as a result who are uninsured um, and, and we charge a nominal copay, $25, and they can see the provider and get all the services that an insured person will receive. We also serve individuals who what we call underinsured, mm -hmm. people on Medicaid and Medicare. Right. Um, and so um, they typically have difficulty accessing care. As a community Health Center, we are able to get a higher reimbursement to offset from Medicaid and Medicare to offset the cost for serving the uninsured. So it really is a wonderful program, a wonderful service for us to open up access to care. It, it is. And, and, and I know that, that that access and the affordability of it is huge. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, have, right. uh, I know someone who uh, had an emergency appendectomy. You know, you don't just decide at dinner one night you're going to go have an appendectomy. It That's comes right. on you. Uh, Eleven hours from the moment that they, she she was back home uh, without her appendix, mm. and it was about thirty thousand dollars. Now she yeah. had insurance to cover that, but without insurance. Um, that would have just been a, 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 a financial disaster for her. And so exactly. many people don't have that insurance. Exactly. Um, we are considered as a community health center as a safety net. And we help to um, avoid those unnecessary visits to the hospital emergency room. So now her case was different. She had a true emergency. Mm -hmm. And like you said, financially, you know, that could be disastrous if you have no insurance. 
Um, for us, we partner with the hospitals mm -hmm. in order to gain access to care for diagnostic testing, et cetera, lab testing. Um, but also, like I said earlier, we help to manage the patient's care through our primary care providers so that they don't end up in the hospital ER. Right. And, you know, that that is so uh, it, it's just undervalued. It, the, it the is. The way that, that you know, you, you always think about needing medical care or needing medical attention when you are um, uh, have a condition or an illness. Right. But what about wellness? Can people come to you for wellness? Absolutely. Absolutely. And really, that's what a primary care provider is. Um, you don't have to wait until you're not feeling well, you have a cold or something else. The primary care provider really helps them manage your care in partnership with you. And so um, for your children, we have pediatrics um, within our organization and also adult medicine. And they work along with you. So, so they help you to develop a plan. So uh, and part of that plan is, as you said, wellness, health education, teaching you, giving you materials about how you can live a better lifestyle. If it needs to be exercise, looking at your nutrition, whatever. Or we also have behavioral health consultants mm -hmm. who are licensed clinical social workers, and they work within our clinic. So if you come, if you go to a doctor's office at our practice, and you have anxiety or something else is going on from a mental health standpoint... Our behavioral health consultants are on the clinic floor. They could walk into the exam room mm -hmm. and the provider, if fun. you wish, mm -hmm. the provider will bring them in and will leave, and you could talk to the person right there. That is mm -hmm. called integrated behavioral health. Mm -hmm. So knowing that our community, they have a difficult time with transportation needs and other barriers in getting to the practice, we try to provide them with all the resources at the point of care. Well, you do, and, and, and I'm... Uh, on the campus there at Goodwill, I'm just impressed because uh, it, it's a it's a medical office. Mm -hmm. it, it, there's That's nothing right. about that that would make you think that it's anything but just a medical office. That's right. That's right. And so there's a lot of uh, uh, you know the the anyone who would take uh, advantage of your services would feel well cared for. They would feel respected, and that's mm -hmm. I think that's critical in anything that you're doing. Exactly, exactly. And I'm so glad you said that because not at all of our offices we're beginning to open some smaller satellite offices, and that is our intention to make sure when you walk into the space that you feel at home. That it's not a sterile environment, and that people are able to come in and feel that sense of respect within the environment. Mm -hmm. And so therefore, when they go back to see the provider, they're calm, they're at peace, they feel welcomed. That's mm -hmm. the least of their worries is when they walk into our practice to feel like, you know, they don't belong. That's true. And I interact with a lot of your staff oh, and you have physicians yeah. and yes. nurse practitioners and nurses and you have the whole the whole gamut and they're all Wonderful people. Thank I love, you. I love, I love it when I have a chance to see them and talk to them. Thank you. I want to ask you specifically, tell me a little bit about, because one of the things that was really exciting for me, and I know it was for you because we talked about it, is your dental clinic. Ah, uh, yes. Tell me about that, because that is something that, as again, I think many times overlooked in the plight of people who are economically vulnerable is dental care. 
Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And that's a huge concern here in Mecklenburg County, in Charlotte specifically. Our dental practice, we have a licensed dentist who work there, we have hygienists who work there, and also dental assistants. Within the Goodwill campus, we have what's called a three-operatory dental clinic. And you think of an operatory as when you go to a dentist's office where the chair is, they take you into a room, that's an operatory. It's a mm-hmm. fancy word. I learned it when we built out our dental <laughs> clinic. So, um, But we, we provide comprehensive dental care. We're not just there to extract your teeth, to pull your teeth. But once again, the dentist also develop a treatment plan for you. Mm-hmm. I did not say, but part of our grant funding overall is for the homeless too. Mm-hmm. And our homeless neighbors are able to come right. and receive the same service. Just like individuals, we partner with another organization for individuals coming out of incarceration. They can receive any of our services. Mm-hmm. So in our dental program, getting back to that, we partner with a local charter school, Sugar Creek Charter, and we provide mobile dental services on their campus to children in K through fifth grade. So their parents don't have to worry about taking them out of school for dental services. They can just go on the mobile vehicle, get the dental services, and it's well coordinated. Well, so you're just bringing that service to them. Right, exactly. Which is something that not everyone can do. Exactly, exactly. It's called school-based oral health. And we're talking to another local school, uh, Charlotte Lab. They're Mm -hmm. interested in having us provide the same type of service. And that's just an out, that's a, that's an exterior entrance. You're, you're, again, you're walking into a dental office as you would any dental office that you go to. Exactly. People are amazed when they come to a dental suite because, once again, our focus is making it really a comfortable environment. And and also the design. We work with architects, engineers, designers to make sure that we're we're, um, comparable to other practices. So like practices that you and I go to, if you come to our clinic, you would see minimal differences. Yeah, I, I don't see any difference. It's mm-hmm. it's it's a great service. Thank you. It really very much is. You know, one of the things that uh, most people don't know is that when you talk about the um, uh, the five social determinants of health, one of those is financial stability. That's right. And so um, your service uh, allows people to kind of uh, attack that that uh, health from two different angles because Good. one they are able to get the services that they need That's right. but yet it doesn't impact their financial stability to do it so that as they are healthier they are able to maintain the other aspects of their life very good point mm-hmm. and um our copay for primary care services is a minimal is twenty five dollars. Mm-hmm. So if you're at a hundred percent of poverty, and depending upon um, your household size, we do a calculation to determine you know how much you pay, and it can start at just twenty five dollars, and then we give discounts going up what they call the financial scale. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's real important to people. We have our board members on our board. At least fifty one percent of my board members are patients who use our service. Oh, wow. Which makes us very unique as a community health center. Yes, it does. Um, And you'll hear from those individuals that, you know, one board member, um, she shared with me, she was in between jobs. And because of her financial needs, she did not have a job. When she found our practice, she was able to get into care and continue her medical care because it was affordable. So you're absolutely right. We also have what's called a patient insurance 
insurance navigator. So if you're uninsured, this individual will work with you to see if you qualify for what people know as Obamacare, or if you qualify for Medicaid or any other kind of services. Because oftentimes people don't have access to someone to support them mm -hmm. and walk them through the process. Right. Now, uh, I always say that's, that's really interesting. Very, very interesting. Now, I always say uh, when I talk to people that I wouldn't be the uh, executive director and do my due diligence if I didn't say that uh, uh, we're always looking for funding. So tell me how you're funded, because we have a lot of listeners who might be interested in uh, taking part. But how, how do you get your funding? That's all. Thank you so much for asking that question. Um, we do receive federal funding from the government, but that federal funding only makes up probably about 35 to 40 percent of um, our expenses that we have to cover. The other portion of our funding comes from patient reimbursement. So we not only serve individuals who are uninsured, and that's why we ask you to pay a nominal fee, but also we get reimbursement from Medicaid, Medicare, and we see individuals who have private insurance. Um, we do have a portion of our budget, which is probably around 40% also, um, that is we receive grant funding from other sources, mm -hmm. the state funding from foundations. We do, as a nonprofit, we do accept donations. Mm -hmm. So if you're interested in being a donor, by all means, we're very open to that, to those donations. Absolutely. We'll make sure that all your information is in our show notes for everyone Thank to you. listen to so that you can do that. The, the podcast is called No More, and it, it has two meanings, really. It's, it's one is to know more about what you're doing, and you've really told us a whole lot about what you're doing. But, but the other is, what could we as a community do, and what is something that could do so that we have no more problems with getting health care to our citizens? What, what, what Are there things that we could be doing as a, as a community? The first thought that came into my mind was to vote. Vote. We have, we have so much power, you know, with our vote, and it doesn't cost us anything. Mm -hmm. um, there are resources to get you to the polls, et cetera, because a lot of the work that we do, like I work with a lot of elected officials at the local level, state, mm -hmm. and also federal. From a health policy standpoint, there's all this talk right now about the government shutting down, possibly shutting down. It's important for our elected officials all to understand why it's so important to have healthcare services available for all the reasons that we talked about. So that is one thing. Um, the other thing too, um, if you run an organization, a nonprofit, the partnerships are so important. Mm. When we work together, like you and I are doing now, mm -hmm. when we work together, we are much stronger than as an individual organization. We're able to get more funding. We're able to share our message like I'm doing now. That is also important. Those are things that we can do at the local level. Mm -hmm. um, but but the, and the other thing, too, is really taking um, control over your care. You have control over your care. You have to really do, do a little bit of research around what does it take? You know, what's wrong? When you go to a doctor's office, go with questions. You know, don't just go and receive information, 
but you really need to manage your care, and I think that's important. Yeah, and we really do have resources to do that Do that now. I mean, right. almost everyone is holding a smartphone in their hand, and they can exactly. go and access information and find out things that you, you, you do want to know more about what your care is. Exactly, exactly. And, and along with that, when you get that information, take it to your doctor, and they can help to decipher it, if it's correct, if it's accurate or not. Mm-hmm. Now, um, I'm going to put you on the spot. Do you have... Uh, organizations, as your organization functions, do you have people that could go and talk to groups who are interested in your work and tell them more about whether it's a, uh, civic groups or, or, or employers or whatever? Do you have people who would go and, and spread the word of what you're doing? Absolutely, I do. Um, we have a leadership team that's made up of um, not only myself, but my chief medical officer, mm-hmm. or our chief operating officer, who is responsible for outreach and does a lot of that kind of work. Um, and also we have a chief nursing officer who is responsible for compliance, who is also very interested. And some of our board members, too, are interested mm-hmm. in getting out into the community to right. share the information. And there's a lot of information that we can definitely share. Yeah, well, that's great. Hey, I knew this would be a great episode with you. Thank you. I've always enjoyed working with you. And I, I love what your mission is. Thank and you. I want me- more people to know about it. So thanks for spending time with me. Thank you. Thanks for uh, listening if you're out there. And um, this has been uh, Carolyn Allison with uh, Charlotte Community Health Clinic. And if you do want to know more, there will be information on the show notes here. uh, And they are uh, located on the web. And so um, it's been great talking to you. This was awesome. Thank you. Great. Okay. Thanks for listening. If you want to know more about Commonwealth Charlotte and the services we provide, see our website at commonwealthcharlotte.org or email info at commonwealthcharlotte.org and someone will be in touch with you. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com. dot com.